Welcome to episode 12. I can't believe how quickly we're getting up there, but it's so exciting. This week, I'm chatting with my own podcast manager, Justine Dolores. Justine works with female coaches, consultants, and online course creators who use the power of podcasting so they can share their message with the world, bring in new leads for their businesses, and scale their businesses to the next level. Justine is passionate about helping other women get their message out there so they can make a bigger impact and reach the people that really need to hear their stories. I'm really excited for today's episode because we're going to cover how incredible a podcast can be for your business, what you need if you want to start a podcast, and how a podcast manager can help you stay sane, which I can definitely attest to. Hi there, I'm Isabel Kateman and I run Stripe Dog Creative a website strategy and design firm dedicated to helping service-based entrepreneurs create strategic and elegant websites so they can attract their dream clients, raise their prices, and scale their businesses. I'm so excited to have you here for the Mind Reading Marketing Podcast. Tune in each week to hear practical business advice, tips on embracing and learning from failure, trust me, it's going to happen, and real talk on trying to create a balanced life as an entrepreneur for my guest experts and, of course, from me. Ready to turn those dreams into a reality? Let's do it. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm so excited about this episode. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited too. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your journey and how you decided to become a podcast manager. Yeah. So last year, I was a flight attendant living in Dubai for almost eight years. And then obviously COVID hit. And then I was thinking about like, what do I want to do next? And I knew it was time for me to come back home to Australia. So I actually, I did a Google search thinking like, what can I do to work from home? Like, I think I put in a Google search work from home jobs or work remotely. It came up and popped up a virtual assistant. And I kind of dove into a few courses there until I found how to become a podcast manager because I've always loved podcasts or listening to podcasts. And I never thought about like all the back end things of what it takes to actually produce a show. So that's how I became a podcast manager and got everything like my business set up and got everything running to what it is today. I love that. I think when we first met, I knew that you had lived in Dubai, but I don't think I realized that you were yeah. a flight attendant. That's so cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was a flight attendant for eight years and it's gone by so quick. <laughs> that's amazing. No, I love that. And I think. One of the things I love is just like learning all of the entrepreneur stories because I think everyone just has such a unique story and you bring so much of what your past was, even if it's not direct. So I'm sure with like, you know, being a flight attendant, not only are you probably used to like not getting very much sleep and really being on the ball, but you have to talk to so many people. There's so much customer service involved. And so it makes a lot of sense now why you're just like so happy and bubbly all the time. Yeah. Well, I mean, actually I'm so tired being in front of like, people all the time and just having to put this smile even when I'm so tired so just being the behind the scenes and not having to be in front of like the forefront of customer service I think that's really good for me and it's kind of what I wanted just to be kind of behind the scenes yeah no I can definitely understand that after all that time So before I kind of dove into doing a podcast, I didn't really understand what a podcast manager did or what the advantages of having a podcast manager are. And obviously, as I mentioned in the intro, you are my podcast manager, and I'm so thankful that we found (laughs) each other. But for people who don't understand what a podcast manager does or how they can really help them, can you just explain a little bit about what you do 
you know, for clients and how it ranges and different ways that you can help and what the advantages are of having a podcast manager on board. Yeah, of course. I know that kind of podcast managers are new to the online space. A lot of people don't actually know that we do exist, but pretty much a podcast manager, we can help you if you are wanting to start a podcast like you did, we can actually help you set up that whole process and get your show out into the world. And we also then can help you kind of with the ongoing management to run your show after you've started it because there is so much work behind the scenes to be done, like from the editing to writing the show notes, uploading, scheduling, doing the guest management. There's so much moving pieces to get even that episode out every week. So we help you manage all those moving aspects. Yeah. And I think it's really beneficial for a business owner to have someone on their team because anyone can really launch a show on their own. But what differentiates you having a podcast manager or an expert on your team is really the strategies that they will help you implement when you start your podcast because that's where people don't realize how important it is to start putting strategies in place from the beginning to really set your show up for success because it is a long game strategy at the end of the day when it comes to podcasting. Yeah. And I think too, what's really important is, especially as you were saying, like that getting up and running, like I think, you know, for me, I'm sure I could have spent time researching it, but I feel like I'm at a place in my business. And one of the things I've learned from being a business owner is like, you really just want to stay in your zone of genius. And so it's like, I'm busy creating websites, creating website strategies. It's like, I don't want to take the time to have to do that. And you have already become an expert in that. And so I think it's so important to really realize as like a business owner and entrepreneur that it's so worth it to bring experts onto your team who are able to kind of stay in their zone of genius and really do what they're good at so that you can focus on what you want to do. And I think the process that you have for like onboarding people was so detailed. It was so incredible. There were so many little like tips and tricks in there that I would have never known, you know, if I were trying to do it on my own. And then of course, on top of that was just the editing. Like I don't have time to like try to learn a whole bunch of like podcast editing software. And so I think it's so helpful to have someone on board who is not only able to do that, but then can also handle like all of the uploading to the different platforms. And some of the platforms were even things I hadn't heard about. And so I think it's super helpful to just bring those experts on. And, you know, I talk about this a lot, but I think, you know, you really get what you pay for and you really, you know, it's really worth it to kind of bring those experts onto your team. I think as, as businesses start to grow and you start to become more established as an entrepreneur and you start to really want to scale, you just can't be wasting time with trying to like DIY everything yourself. Yeah, that is so true. Exactly. Like I find with most of my clients, because I work mostly with business owners who are using a podcast as part of their business, they really don't have the time to be doing all the research and learning like how to edit. They just really want to get their show out like if it's every week and just have someone do that for them. So I know like it is so worth the investment just to have someone who knows what they're doing to implement like the systems and workflow because you really want to try get ahead with your podcasting so you are consistent in releasing your episodes if it's every week or bi-weekly however regular you are releasing your episodes I think it's so important to really get ahead and have a proper system and workflow from the beginning because it can turn out so quickly that you find it so stressful and overwhelming that you just want to give up yeah no I think that makes a lot of sense and getting ahead 
you know, I think one of the things that you really helped with too was more of like a batching strategy. I think that that can be really helpful for just making sure that you're like staying ahead of things and that as we learned when I was sick last week and couldn't record, it wasn't like the hugest deal and we were able to move it to this week. So I think that's super helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And so if someone is listening to this and they're thinking about starting a podcast, is there kind of advice that you have for a certain place that you're supposed to be in business or certain things that you kind of want a business owner to have at their disposal or be in a certain place before they go and start a podcast? Like, is there somebody, for example, who shouldn't be starting a podcast? The people I think that shouldn't start a podcast if they are wanting to kind of see like instant results, because like I mentioned before, podcasting is a long game strategy before you will even start seeing significant results. So this is probably not a platform you should explore. I feel like podcasting, if you do want to start a podcast, you really have to be clear on the why. Why are you starting your podcast in the first place? And really knowing who your ideal listeners are and who your niche is. And once you're really clear on that, I think it's a good starting point for you to think about whether or not podcasting is right for you and your business and just really like I said knowing what's involved in not just starting a podcast but what all those moving pieces are in running a podcast because if you are clear what's involved then you can see if you can manage and do it on your own or if you need to outsource it to somebody else. Podcasting I think one of the biggest misconceptions is that People think it's something easy to do and they just record and edit it and then they can put it up. There's so much more work behind it and just being clear on what your mission and your why is and who you are directly speaking to and just knowing what's involved. I think it's a good starting point to start looking if podcasting is right for you and your business. Yeah, I love that. And I think, you know, I mean, I obviously talk a lot about strategy, but I think that that's something that's really important and it helps to just in all of the episodes that you're putting together and all of the guests that you're bringing on, if you really understand who you're targeting it to and also like why you're doing it, like what's the strategy behind it? Who are you trying to help? Why are you trying to help them? How can you help them? Then I think it makes it a lot easier to kind of have that direction for your show and be able to put all of those different episodes together and have them be impactful. Yes, exactly. I think that's like one of the things people do get wrong is they're not clear on who their why is and who their niche is. And then they find it really hard to connect with their audience because they don't know what topics they should be talking about or they're bringing in guests, but it's not aligned with their audience. So obviously you're not going to get the results that you want. So that's a good starting point to be at is always being clear on your why and who your niche is. Yeah. So everything, every decision that you make for your podcast, like you said, will be so much more easier. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And so if somebody is thinking about, you know, wanting to start a podcast, aside from, of course, bringing on a podcast manager, what tips do you have for people who are like in the very beginning stages and just think that they want to get started? Where should they start? Okay, like we mentioned before, like knowing who your why and who your niche is, is number one. And then doing your research is number two. And then once you're clear on all of that, then you can probably start looking at how you can start with the equipment and the tools that you need. So another big misconception people have is people think that you have to have like a fancy studio and all the kind of fancy equipment and tools 
for your show, but you really don't need to. There's, I think, is it five things that you really need to start off your podcast, and that's a mic, and you don't even have to get, like, the most expensive mic. You can get mics on a budget. So your microphone, your headphones, having a recording and editing tool, there's heaps out there, but I'd say Audacity and GarageBand would be really good for beginner podcasters and then your hosting platform. So those are the main equipment that you need. And like we mentioned before as well, if you know exactly what goes into running your podcast and if you can manage it on your own or if you need to outsource help, then you can really see if this is something you can manage on your own. So if you can do the editing or if you want to outsource the editing, then you have to do like the uploading and scheduling, writing the show notes, and then being able to promote your episodes. So it is a lot of work. And if you know you can manage that and be able to commit to it like every week, then that's a good place to start as well because then you can become clear whether or not you need to get help to be able to run your show effectively because one of the main things is to be consistent in releasing your episodes, whether that's every week or even every two weeks, if that's how you can manage it right now. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think people, at least I especially didn't realize like how much goes into it. Like I think you just listen to a podcast, you know, as you're walking or as you're driving or whatever. And you think like, oh, they just sat down in front of their computer and they just recorded it and then they uploaded it and that's it. And I think that there's so much more that goes into just, you know, planning the episodes. Like I know, especially when I do a solo episode, it takes me like an hour or two to like really write out you know, all of the notes, make sure that I'm making cohesive points and like mentioning the examples that I want to remember. And I know, you know, whenever I bring a guest on, I always do like a call beforehand to really deep dive into like exactly what we're going to talk about. And of course, you know, we don't plan out every question, but we kind of have like an overarching direction of where we want to go. And that's before I've even gotten to the recording. Right. And then there's like the recording and then all the stuff that you do that is invisible to me, but it's like with the editing and the uploading and the scheduling. And then, you know, my team has to create show notes and get everything live. And, you know, then you have to get it out on Apple and then I have to promote it on social. And so there's just a lot of stuff that it goes into it that I think people don't realize. And it's definitely worth it again, if you kind of have that strategy behind it and have the why and want to do those things, but it's a lot more work than just kind of like sitting down in front of your computer for 30 minutes and recording an episode. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. I mean, there are people like that will just kind of record it and don't edit their episodes, but I'm all for editing your episodes because as a podcast listener myself, if you don't edit certain things, like I end up tuning out and I don't listen to the episode. And I always think like, what's the point of doing that when people are not going to listen to what you have to say? So Yeah, I think it's really important to have the right strategies in place to really retain that listenership with your listeners and get new people coming in to listen to your show. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. And it's just funny you say that there are some people because my husband and I are very different. Like I am super like type A organized, recovering perfectionist, we'll call it, although really perfectionist. (laughs) And he's like so chill and so laid back. And he has a podcast that he's doing and like the dogs are barking and he's banging papers around and like he's using a crappy mic and he like doesn't edit it at all and he just throws it up and it like the disorganization like hurts my soul like I don't know how he's able to like put something like that out into the world and like on the one hand I kind of respect that he's just like this is who I am take it or leave it but on the other hand I'm like oh my god he like needs so much help and I don't know who listens to his podcast but like all the banging would drive me nuts 
I guess that depends as well. Like if you are okay with that as a podcast host and maybe like your listeners don't even care about it. So again, like it depends who your listeners are. But for me, yeah, no, I can't listen to a podcast if there's like all these distractions happening and like if you don't edit out certain things, it's just like I really do tune out and I won't listen to the rest of the episode. Yeah, no, I totally get that. And I'm the same way. And so if someone is thinking about starting this, obviously this probably has something to do with, you know, the strategy and who they're trying to reach and the message. But overall, can you talk a little bit about like solo episodes versus guest episodes? And do you recommend that someone does one versus the other? Do you like a mixture of both? What are the advantages and disadvantages? Like what advice do you have for your clients when they're kind of trying to figure out the structure of the show that they're going to put together? Yeah, again, that will always depend on what you have as your podcast goals and who your ideal listeners are. But if you are using it as part of your business, I like to have a mixture of both the solo and the guest interviews, only because with your solo episodes, it really highlights you as an expert in your field. And it's a chance for you to really educate your audience and build that deeper and intimate connection with them and build that trust like no factor. Whereas your guest interviews are really great because your guests will bring in topics that they are an expert on and it allows your audience to be exposed to new ideas and new perspectives and keeps your, I guess, your show kind of fresh and kind of relevant as well to your target audience is. So I always say I like to do a mixture of both. And you also want to keep in mind, I know a few of my clients have said that they just want to do guest interviews altogether. And with doing guest interviews, you also have to think about the pre-planning that goes ahead because it comes to researching and making sure you bring in the aligned guests that aligns with your audience and your topic. And then there's the whole process of being able to get like reaching out to them and pitching to them if they will say yes and then booking them in there is a process so if you are releasing say episodes every week and it's guest interviews you really have to stay on top like a couple of weeks ahead because sometimes guests may cancel or reschedule and you don't want to be leaving like with no episodes at all so that's just something as well to consider if you want to always do like guest interviews But I say a mixture of both is like a good spot to start with. Yeah, I like doing a mixture of both too. Not that anyone asked my opinion, I'm not an expert in it, but I like doing a mixture of both. I think if I were doing just solo episodes, it would be really difficult one to kind of constantly come up with content. And two, it is a little bit weird when you're recording and like, you're not talking to anybody. And so like the first few that I recorded were super awkward because I was like, I literally am just like speaking to myself. And so I find the guest episodes to just be a little bit more fun because I get to kind of bounce around a conversation with someone and I'm actually talking to someone. But then I agree with you that I think the solo episodes are really nice if there's like, especially for me, if there's like a topic that I want to deep dive into in terms of like website strategy or website design, that would be really hard to do with a guest unless they did like the exact same thing I did. And so those solo episodes are really nice for that. Yeah, exactly. It's a really like the solo episodes, like I said, if if one of your aims for your podcast is to educate or teach your audience, solo episodes are such a great way to do that and really showcase your expertise. Yeah, totally. And so if someone is, you know, thinking about starting a podcast and 
they, you know, whether they want to do just solo or they want to do like guest and solo or just guest, do you have any tips for coming up with like content for episodes? Because I find that with guests, it's a little bit easier, but I know for my solo episodes, like it was super easy to come up with the first few. Like I was like, Oh, like this is, you know, I basically feel like I'm on repeat for like these few things. But then like after the first three to five, I was like, okay, like now I'm kind of stuck. And so what tips do you have for just making sure that you're coming up with kind of good, fresh content that's going to make interesting episodes? Yeah. So when my clients feel stuck as to what topics they should be talking about, I always tell them to use your audience, ask your audience what they want to hear. So you can do that by either engaging with them, maybe on your Instagram, or if you have Facebook, wherever your audience is hanging out, you can do fun ways and use like those poll stickers on Instagram, or even just showing up on stories and letting them know what do they actually want to hear? Like what guests would they like to bring on the show? If they have like a burning question they want answered. Using your audience and asking your audience off the bat is a great start and it's the best start because they are the ones that are listening to your podcast. So why not listen to what they have to say? And I also say, if you are getting like frequently asked questions or you notice common themes or topics, maybe if you work with clients and they have common struggles or pain points, that's another like, great topic that you can talk about for your episode because it's probably other struggles or challenges a lot of your audience is going through as well and would probably want to have a solution to so that will be a great episode topic to have on your show as well yeah those are super helpful and if somebody is doing like either half and half or like all guest episodes what tips do you have for people who don't really know where to start on like who to bring on or how to even go about finding guests. Yeah. So again, it comes down to just knowing what your podcast goals are and who your ideal listeners are, because you don't want to bring just any guests onto your show. You really want to bring guests that align with your topic and who your audience is. So I say a lot of the decisions you make of what guests you bring onto your show really aligns with the topics of your show. I mean, there's so many different ways you can go about this, but I actually like to hop on Apple Podcasts and Apple as like a search engine. So any topics that you uh, discuss on your show, I put that in the search engine and just kind of see other podcasts that have a similar topic to yours and maybe seeing, there's a lot of research goes into it, but seeing what guests they have, what guests they've brought onto their show and then diving deeper and seeing kind of if you find that that particular guest may align with your show, then seeing kind of what topics they can talk about on your show. And then also as well, if you do bring other guests, maybe if you had a really great conversation with that guest and your audience really loves them, see what other podcasts they've been on. And maybe that podcast host or other guests that have been on their show could be an ideal fit for your show as well. So that's kind of how I like to start with the whole researching of potential guests to be like on my client's show when I do the guest management for them. Yeah, I love that. I never thought about using Apple as like a search engine. I think that's really cool. I feel like most of like, I do so much networking. So most of my guests have just been like all the really cool people that I've connected with in the past. And then 
it's so fun to bring them back on because some of them, like I just had someone on last week and I was like, we haven't talked to each other in like over a year. And so it's like nice to like chat with you again and get to know you and get to have you on the podcast. So that's how I go about finding most of my guests. But I think that's really interesting if people are stuck to kind of like, you know, the podcast that they're listening to or that their listeners are listening to or that use, you know, similar keywords and then looking there to see if you can find guests or even other hosts of podcasts that would be interesting. Yeah. And that's what you said. Like, you'll find that especially when you start bringing different guests onto your show, networking will be so much more easier because they may suggest another person that'll be like, oh, you should definitely be on Isabel's show and they might connect you together. And you'll find that you'll probably have like a list of potential guests like lined up that you can reach out to. So yeah, having other guests onto your show is a really great way to network and build those relationships as well. Yeah, no, I love that. Those are great tips. And so if someone is deciding that they want to do this and they have a strategy and, you know, they know what kind of show they want, whether, you know, how they want to structure it. And I know you kind of talked about like the five like tangible tools that you need, like, you know, microphone and headphones and all of that. What tools do you have in terms of like online tools, like, you know, the editing softwares that people should use or for making audiograms or, you know, for organizing guests? Are there different tools that you would recommend that people have that you find make your life easier? Yeah, definitely. I'd say have use a project management tool because I find most of my clients have their own team and you really want to have a central place where everyone can kind of just hop onto your podcast and know exactly where you're at with your show. So I like using Trello with my clients unless they have another project management tool they use. I can implement the workflows and systems on there. But always, I'd say, start off using a project management tool so you can be clear on exactly where everyone is at in the production phase of your podcast because most of the time as well, there's different people on your team that are managing the different aspects of your show. So it's really important that everyone has a central place to kind of turn to, to know exactly where everyone is at and when deadlines are due to be able to get your episode released on time. And then like one of my other favorite tools to use is a scheduling link like Calendly or Acuity to schedule your guests because it will streamline the whole guest management side for you. If you set it up correctly the first time, like being able to get all the information that you need so there's no kind of back and forth communication, setting it up where you can get their bio, their headshot, any social links, or even setting up the questions you want to ask, that will streamline your whole process and make it easier for both you and your guests. And then another tool that I really like to use when it comes to editing is Ophonic to really enhance your audio quality. So you can go on the free version or there is a paid version for that. But those are probably like my top three favorite tools to use when I help manage my client's show. Yeah, no, I think that's all really helpful. And the project management tool is like so necessary. I think especially if you have multiple team members working on it. So it's like, you know, I have a writer and a designer and a VA and you. And so I think it's super helpful to have like one central place where everything is just really organized, whether, you know, you're using Asana or Trello or whatever it is. I think it's so helpful. Calendly is a lifesaver, like just in business in general. Like I feel like I'm sending out my Calendly link like a hundred thousand times a day. It's so, so helpful. I'm the same as well. I've got like all these different like calendars set up, but it is so helpful, especially when you're working in different time zones. Yeah. A hundred percent. Totally. And 
you know, for me, like I know Calendly can do it, but I'm like such a huge proponent of Dubsado. I feel like Dubsado should start paying me at this point. I'm like telling everyone about Dubsado, but I like send all of my questionnaires through Dubsado. So I give them a place to, you know, upload their photo and put their bio and put any links they want to in the show notes. And it's so helpful to just have like one organized place and be able to send the same form out to everyone. And I'm sure you can also like get that set up in Calendly too. But I think the more that you can just cut down on like the repeating and the copying, pasting and like the manual work when you can just put templates together through a CRM or a project management tool or a scheduling tool or whatever just makes your life so much easier. Yeah, exactly. I actually need to hop onto that Dubsado because I've been looking at it and I was like, I need something like this, but I need someone to set it up because then I don't have the time to be kind of learning what like is involved in properly setting everything up so I know I need to probably hire like an ex-Dubsado expert to do that for me. Yeah, totally. No, like once Dubsado set up, it's amazing, but it definitely takes a lot to set up. But offline, we'll talk about it because I'm <laughs> obsessed and I probably at some point should just bring a Dubsado expert on and like do a whole episode because I feel like Dubsado 100% like changed my business. I've been, yeah, I've been hearing that with a lot of business owners and I was like, I'm happy with my system right now, but I know that my business is growing and I feel like I'm close to having to like get a CRM in my business to really help just kind of streamline everything. Yeah. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. And that's awesome. And congratulations on growing. I feel like it's such an exciting time too, when you get to do that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, you know, as we wrap up here, one question I like to ask all of my guests is if you could go back and tell your younger self, you know, either when you were just toying around with the idea of starting a business or, you know, more recently when you were like actually kind of deep diving into starting, what is one piece of advice you wish you could go back and tell yourself at that time? I think one of the biggest lessons that I've learned was your mindset is really everything. And that really held me back at the start of my business, I was suffering from imposter syndrome so much, especially that comparison game, that it really stopped me from taking any action at all. So when I did decide to get serious about working through my mindset, that's just when everything had changed in my business. I was struggling with even like getting clients, showing up on Instagram to market myself. And when I worked through my mindset, it's just like everything, just my clients were just coming to me. I didn't have to search for them. My confidence just boosted so much, especially showing up on Instagram because I really don't like the attention or even showing my face on there. But I knew I really had to do this for my business. So once I did work through my mindset, like I said, everything just pivoted and it just changed for the better. So mindset is a key thing that you really need to work on. And I feel like it really influences the way, the direction your business goes. Yeah, no, I love that. And I 100% agree with you. I think so many entrepreneurs, you know, have that mindset issue and I think it's totally normal. And it's like, you really feel like you have to kind of fake it till you make it. And you feel like you kind of have to like shove it down and not talk about it. Cause of course, if you talk about it with your current clients or potential clients and they start to get nervous and they're like, why don't you believe in yourself? And I feel like everybody goes through this. And I 100% agree with you that mindset is such a huge thing. I think for me, it really all changed for me when I started thinking like a CEO, like I used to really kind of think small and I was really nervous to bring on employees and I was really nervous to scale. 
And I just wasn't kind of thinking about it in the way that I need to think about it. And I'm so not a woo-woo person, but as soon as I started doing affirmations every morning, and I can't believe I just said that out loud, but as soon as I started doing affirmations every morning, like at first you feel really stupid doing it. And then as time goes on, you kind of start to like believe it. And I feel like that was the hugest mindset shift for me because you really start to kind of like believe the words that you're saying and you realize that you can really help people and that when you kind of flip it around, which I think was the hardest thing for me. And you kind of flip it around where it's like, there are people that you could be helping. And by not believing in yourself and not putting yourself out there and not connecting with those people, you're almost like robbing people of that experience. And I think when someone explained it to me that way, and they were like, you know, don't you want to help as many people as possible? It was like mind blowing. And I was like, oh, that's a really interesting way to think about it. And that helped me so much because I was like, you know, if the motivation is just coming from a place of really wanting to help people and really wanting to help other people improve their business with, you know, whatever you're doing, whether it's website strategy or podcast management, that was like the hugest thing for me. But I completely agree that mindset is everything. Yeah, exactly. It's just knowing your why. And when you focus on that, I think that's when everything can start to change for your business. So yeah, it's so powerful. And I've always been into that whole we were kind of thing. So I even do affirmations to myself and it's so powerful. I mean, it's not for everyone, but finding whatever works for you to help switch your mindset yeah. is really a good starting place if you are struggling like with limiting beliefs. I think that's a really good place to start is just knowing what can help you switch your mindset into a more like positive and abundant kind of mindset. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I love that advice. That's really good advice. And so if people want the pleasure of working with you and they want a podcast manager and they're ready to go, how can people find you and work with you? Yeah, you can. I actually don't have a website at the moment. That's one of my goals for next year is to get a CRM and get a website. But you can find me on Instagram. It's just Justine underscore podcast manager. You'll be able to find everything on there or you can reach out to me and to send me a DM on there as well. And I'll be happy to answer any questions that you may have. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. This was so much fun. I'm so excited that we actually got to do this and that you're now on the other side of the podcast. (laughs) I know it's always so exciting. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the Mind Reading Marketing Podcast with yours truly, Isabel Caitlin. If you love the show, I would appreciate it if you could leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. I love hearing from all of you. Share it with a friend, family, colleague, or anyone you know who may benefit from this episode. Remember, you can always find the links and resources mentioned in the show over at stripedogcreative.com. All right, that's it for today. See you next time.